Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Love your camo. I can't even see you over there. You're so I know. Well, that's, that's, that's the whole idea. When I'm not in a suit, I dress like my six-year-old. That's it. <laughs> I, I like your style, man. Thank you, you don't have to much. apologize to yeah. me. You don't look like a six-year-old. I'll well, just, like, just so you know. Yeah, it's like homeless hipster. Damn, you I've look good. I cleaned it up. I cleaned it up today. I mean, what do they call that? A cardigan? They do. They call Do you really not know what it's called? I almost blanked out under the pressure of opening the show right there. It's difficult. I mean, it's a I hard did. job. And oh, you know how we started on the uh, Aaron Rodgers. I know. Oh, I think we might have something to talk about. Yeah, today. just a little bit. Just a little bit. You Drama. better not go negative on Aaron Rodgers on my damn podcast. I will. I, that is against the law, okay? Okay. No, but seriously, we'll have a good it's, conversation. Okay? Listen, it's it's beyond interesting at yeah, this point, no, uh, depending on what is. you believe, what you don't believe. But it's been uh, a constant soap opera. Yeah, it has. And, I mean, uh, yes, let's just start out right there. We yell, what up, what's up? It's Liam McHugh. It's Chris Sims, Unbuttoned Podcast. Thanks for joining us. And the big news of the day is Tyler Dunn from Bleacher Report, yep. who I know very well. And I know had been working on this article for months. I mean, I, can, I know in January that he was working on this article. And really a guy I have a lot of respect for and knows a lot of people around the NFL wrote an extensive article about the demise of McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers and what went on with the Green Bay Packers. It was a great article. You certainly got to check it out. Um, but there was a lot there. And there's a lot of a players ton. and personnel, and it's a lot to unpack. There's a lot of headline grabbers. There is. All right. I yeah. mean, obviously the relationship was beyond freight. Right. It was just corrosive at times. Um, but you start at the beginning of the week, right? You yeah. start with the fact that Mike McCarthy talked to ESPN and sort of got in front of this maybe. maybe uh, he it thought seems this was like coming. he knew it this was coming, like, and it certainly did. And he had some interesting things to say about just uh, the firing obviously couldn't have gone worse. And – it could have had a little more emotion. I have problems with a few of these things. I don't understand why fake emotion is going to change anything no, at this exactly point. Right, it's business. Right. Firing's getting fired, too. It's I don't know just if the way it is. If it's week and don't say it's obviously the worst it could have been handled because yeah. that means you can't Google bad firing. Yeah, right. Because there have been plenty of them. Plenty worse. There's been Major League Baseball manager who found out he was fired because he was on a road trip and got an email saying that his flight was changed from the airline yes. the next day. There was a hockey coach who got left at the sure. curb and had to hail a cab in front of his players. Right. There have been worse fires. There's been worse fires. But it gets way more interesting now because yeah. this article by Tyler Dunn comes out and easily one of the big headline grabbers is that. Yeah, what jumped out to you? To me it was the IQ. Thing, that this uh, this is an unnamed source right. in this article talking about the right. way Aaron Rodgers thought of Mike McCarthy as a head coach and certainly as an offensive mind. Yeah. And it was 
He believes he's one of the has one of the lowest football IQs, if not the lowest IQ of any coach he's ever had, and that ostensibly he's been bailing him out right this entire time. Well, well, there there's a lot to unpack just right there off the bat, and okay. You know, again, I think you have to even start before this because I think, first of all, the root of this problem, and they hit on this in the article, is still the fact that Mike McCarthy passed over Aaron Rodgers for Alex Smith. I think that's where it does start. So I think that Rodgers has always had a chip on his shoulder from that standpoint, let alone a personal chip strictly just from Mike McCarthy and the fact that he had to sit there in the green room for four hours okay. straight before he was picked. So I think that gets it off to a rough start. Now... The things about the IQ, listen, I'm never going to question a person I don't know's intelligence, but I will say this from everything, and you've heard me say this before. Hey, listen, I've been very fortunate to be around some pretty good offensive minds in my football day. You know, I was around John Gruden longer than any other quarterback John Gruden ever had. I got to be around Josh McDaniels uh, in the Denver Broncos and then also went to New England and got to experience Josh and Bill Belichick and all of those things added to it let alone some good offensive minds in between with Adam Gase being a wide receiver coach in Denver, all those things. My point being this is I'm not going to question Mike McCarthy's IQ. I am going to question, yeah, his IQ about offensive football. So you are going to question his IQ. I am. You're well, not yeah. going to, but well, then you are directly going to question. Yes. Okay. When it comes you, to offensive football. But you also have to say, like, yeah. I mean, you're talking about some elite football minds. There. Yes, right. Okay? Sure. It's okay to say that maybe he doesn't have – an IQ, a football IQ, or an elite football mind like these guys do, but to say potentially that lowest football IQ of any coach. Yeah, I've I think that, that's harsh. Different. And also, right. now if we know that this was personal, right. which, let's face it, it sounds like it's very personal sure. between these two if you read this article, what does it matter? What, what does it really mean? Because if you personally don't agree with someone or don't like someone, then what you have to say is not really the most objective critique of their ability is at all. No, There's no, no way that you could put it out there. You're, you're right. You're right. No, it is not objective when it is personal and like that, certainly. Uh, but I think where it went to the next level is when you talk about the offensive side of the football, first of all. I mean, yes. I mean, as a guy who watches film, and you know I'm obsessed with it, and I even talk to people around the NFL, and I think one of the reasons you look at why Mike McCarthy didn't get hired as a head coach this year when he was kind of putting his name in the basket of a few teams because teams looked at him and said, I question the freaking offense, period. I will question the fact that, his IQ may be lower than I would have liked because okay. he never brought in any new offensive minds on the offensive side of the ball to evaluate himself and go, you know what? Things that I do are simple. We need some fresh ideas in here. Or I have to get back to the drawing board and expand my offense. That's what great offensive coaches do. And I think that ultimately started the biggest disconnect because Rodgers felt like, damn, it's on me on a weekly basis here to carry the workload or make the plays happen, not the system to deliver anything for me at times. And then I think it got compounded when – we hear stories that Mike McCarthy wasn't at offensive meetings sure. and not involved in some designing of plays and things like that to where now I understand why. And is getting a massage And getting a massage, as we're yes, told. Right. Uh, so th I understand Aaron Rodgers' frustration as long as that's concerned, uh, being a guy going, wait, you're calling the plays on Sunday, but you weren't in the meeting on Saturday to discuss what plays and what personnel sets that we were going to call and, and, and have these formations for in big-time situations. And now it's a big-time situation on Sunday afternoon, and he gets a call from Mike McCarthy and want to go, and, I'm, and it sounds like he had moments where he goes, we haven't practiced that play this week. We didn't even talk about this play this week. And I understand those frustrations. And then even worse in some ways, yeah. uh, there are – Things from the article that suggest that 
it didn't work in practice. Why are we doing it now? Exactly right. So it's sort of like, hey, we've worked on this. Sure. It's not happening. Right. And this is the play call. Um, you were late for our meeting for yeah. the podcast. Were you getting a massage? No, during that I was time? not. Thank okay. you very much for pointing I, that I out. I want to make sure. I want that on the record. I was actually still reading that article, which oh, went well, on well, forever. Well, because you're right, because it goes on and on. It and, goes on forever. And, and there are moments where, it, and it's not boring by any means. It's no. just sort of layered, and you're like, wow, layered. and this, and that. And we're not going to give Aaron Rodgers a total free pass here. Well, you can't, because, well, let's get to Aaron Rodgers in yeah, a second, yeah. but let's go back to, to okay. Mike McCarthy, because yeah, okay. you mentioned he, he doesn't get jobs this year. I think there was this feeling, go ahead, fire Mike McCarthy. He'll have a head coaching job. In five minutes. Right. That didn't happen. Now, right. he seemed to narrow it a little bit himself. Yes. But then he doesn't get the Jets job. Yeah. Uh, the Browns right. weren't interested. With a bunch of people that exactly. he knew personally that were there already Which, in place, and he didn't even get really in the discussion. So, is Mike McCarthy coming back to the NFL? Is he getting another head coaching job? I, uh, I think he will at some point. It only takes one guy to fall in love with you. And, uh, you know, as we've seen, we saw some coaches that I would argue this year in the, in the coaching process or the coaching cycle, they got hired where I would go, they don't deserve to be NFL head coaches yet, okay? Yeah. I would say that. So McCarthy, I do think, has a lot of positives about him being a head coach. It is all offensive challenges that are the issue. And I think specifically, and this to me, again, if you want to connect dots in the football world, if you want to go, okay, there's the Browns and the Jets, okay, two young quarterbacks, right? They want them to succeed. And there was obviously something there that they saw with the Mike McCarthy offense where they said, I don't think this is going to put our quarterbacks in the position to succeed and justify a Baker Mayfield at one or a Sam Darnold mm -hmm. at number three. So, again, those are little things I look at for context clues around the NFL to go, I'm not the only one, out of the fact that I also know friends in the NFL who go, man, that Green Bay offense, are you kidding yeah. me? And so uh, that leads me always to be a little bit of an apologist to Aaron Rodgers from that standpoint. And, of course, makes me think more of him as a player sometimes because he's gotten it done to a degree at such a high level where I want to go not great talent around him always. And the system is sick. It's kindergarten math compared to the New England Patriots who are running advanced algebra. Well, and there's always this thought when you see someone who's as uber talented as Aaron Rodgers and they don't have the team success that you think that they should be having yes. to say, oh, if I had the keys to that car, right. I'd be doing things differently and we would just be lighting this league up. Now we'll get to see because now there is a new head coach. Yeah, right. But no. this is interesting yeah. now because if you believe a lot of what's in this article from, right. you know, some from unnamed sources, some not, uh, you know, and we knew this before, Aaron Rodgers not only talented, but he's going to have extremely strong opinions about the offense. Yes. He thinks it should be run a certain way. Right. And perhaps it should be. And they should be a little bit more aggressive. Yeah. Now, if you're Matt LaFleur. Right. And you're a first-year head coach. Yeah. You don't have a ton of experience. Yeah. And you look out there and you don't believe that you have the personnel to completely just spread it open and let's pick people apart for every single game. But let's say Aaron Rodgers wants to play that sure. way. Sure. Are you going to be the guy who pushes back? Being a being, I hope Matt LaFleur does. I hope Nathaniel Hackett, who's the offensive coordinator, who's also been around for a while. The thing they are going to have to do, and this is again, what great offensive coaches do, in my, in my opinion, you have to be a salesman a little bit of your offense and of your plays to go, okay, I want to do this. A guy like Aaron Rodgers is going to go, okay, you want to do this, but why? That's what he's going to sure. ask every time in his brain. He's going to go, why? And give me the answers why, and then also give me the answers of what if the defense does this, 
do I still run this play or do I change it and why? Those are the answers he wants, and I don't think he was getting those answers, okay? But I think that it will be on Lafleur and a guy like Nathaniel Hackett to sell some of the ideas and plays that they want to run, whether that be like John Gruden used to do to me. John Gruden would show us a play, and he'd go, hey, this is a great play. It's been working for a long time. And then up on the screen, here is Joe Montana and Jerry Rice running the play during a game or in practice. And that, as a player, made you go, okay. I get this. All right. This is smart. I understand why it works. And the coach has done a good job of selling me why the play works against all these coverages. So that will be part of why they're the head coach and the offensive coordinator is to sell this offense and ideas to Aaron Okay. Rodgers. They sold you right. and you had some say. Yeah. But you didn't have necessarily the final say. Sure. Okay. Aaron Rodgers had the final say. Uh, yes. He will have the final say. I think, again, a really smart coach is not going to want to call a play that Aaron Rodgers or any quarterback doesn't like. Like, Sean Payton's not going, hey, Drew, do you like play number 10? And he goes, no, Sean, I fucking hate it. It's the worst. And he goes, hey, let's call play number 10, Drew. Yeah, let's true. do it. Let's run it. No, that's just not how it works. You know, the coach wants the quarterback to be comfortable with what he's calling because he wants the quarterback to be sell, sell to the players in the, in the huddle that with his call and his voice that – he believes in the play because his belief in the play will be, uh, you know, contagious to the rest of the guys in the huddle. We are hearing stories about Rodgers rolling his eyes or hitting yep. and hawing about plays in the huddle, and the guys got the picture that, oh, wait, Aaron doesn't really like this play. So that is what you have to watch out for. Now, Aaron Rodgers, I would argue with this, Liam, this thing, and you've probably heard me say this phrase before, he doesn't even know what he doesn't even know because he's only had one way. He's watched film of Brady and some of the other quarter Drew Brees, and he's going, damn, how are they getting – how is Julian Edelman wide open yeah. six yards in front of Tom Brady ten times a game? How the hell is he doing that? He doesn't understand how the game is being designed or called by the New England Patriots. So, again – there will be Nathaniel Hackett and, and, and Lafleur being able to install these new ideas on him and getting to believe in him and showing him the visual evidence, whether it's from McVay's offense or Shanahan's offense, when a guy like Lafleur was under them, to show, no, this is why we did this against this defense and this is why it should work. So that would be my summary on that Before subject. this article came yeah, out, right. if someone asked you, yeah. what do you think of Mike McCarthy's football IQ, your answer would have been? My, my, my answer would have been I think his football IQ is very good. I think his offensive IQ is below average, okay, okay if that makes sense. I know. No, I think it does. Okay, I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I have no problem with Mike McCarthy, the head coach. I always thought his teams were pretty detailed. Mm -hmm. They played tough. And you hear t players in this article talking about they thought they were really soft with the way he coached, you know, hey, I, I, I you know, again, you got to be there sometimes to know the little nuances like that, but they certainly didn't come off that way to no. me, but I, they did come off to me in this manner, that Aaron Rodgers and his ability saved Mike McCarthy, the head coach and the offensive play caller, for about the last four years of his career there, where whether it was Hail Marys or Magic at the end of the games, Rodgers made a lot of bullcrap offensive game plans Look pretty good at the end okay. of the day because he squeaked out a win and made magic happen with, you know, throwing a 50-yard bomb off one leg against the Chicago Bears. You know, that, that wasn't like, oh, wow, what a great play design. Coach told the guy to run straight. And Rodgers, can you throw a throw that only you can throw in the NFL and we'll make it happen? That's not offensive game planning. That is great talent carrying the squad. And, again, Aaron Rodgers, I understand. I don't know Aaron Rodgers, so this is not personal yep. to me. He's not perfect. He obviously has a little bit of I feel like that's a, hard for you to say. It will, 
because I want to defend aspects of it. Yeah. But I also say, yeah, I understand he does seem a little overly sensitive. We're, we're hearing that. Yeah. I mean, we've always heard that. And when too many people say that, of course, I do think it's true because it's more than one or two. It's about 10 or 12 that have at least ventured in the sensitive, he hears everything conversation, which, yeah, I'd like to see Aaron Rodgers as a fan and a guy that really supports him kind of get over that aspect to a degree. All right. In the end, yeah. for the record, you weren't getting a massage during our meeting. I, I was not. All right, not. just want to make sure. I was you, not. You, all right. And, and right. you know, the other thing, too, we have to hit on here, and I know I, I, know I don't want to beat this subject, you know, to death, okay? But this is where I don't like when we go apples to apples. Like, Brady gets praise for having a chip on his shoulder for being a six-round pick. Rodgers, on the other hand, not cool for him to have a chip on his shoulder about – being there late in the first round or being disrespected behind Brett Favre for a number of few years. That, for some reason, is not okay for Aaron Rodgers, but it's okay for Tom Brady or other quarterbacks. Like, that's all everybody talks. So, again, maybe One's a I'm chip wrong. on the shoulder. The other's an attitude. It may, yeah, maybe I, it no, is. I know. Maybe I'm not saying, but I think it's presented that way. Okay. It often is. That's right? a valid point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. And yeah. that's the perfect jumping-off point for the next thing I wanted to go to because the attitude thing, for my money, is – not necessarily, again, I'm not giving Aaron Rodgers the scapegoat, but it's, it's how he was brought up or groomed, okay? He was groomed pretty much early on to go, hey, take over the game, do things. Yep. When you want to play, change calls, you're so awesome. Change the calls. Do what you got to do. Make the play. And he always made it happen, and they found ways to win. But then, okay, now they're not finding ways to win. And, you know, the defense is giving up points and things like that. Then it goes back to Rodgers all of a sudden and under the microscope, and he's changing plays, and he's freelancing. Okay, I'm not saying that's good, but you can't have it both ways. He can't be either he's freelancing and he freelances at times, and you got to deal with the good or the bad, or there's no fucking freelancing, and you listen to what the coach says. And Tom Brady was brought up into listen to what the fucking coach says, yeah. and there's no other discussion here. And so he's never had to have the freelancing ability where Aaron Rodgers came in right after Brett Favre, who was the ultimate freelancer, and then he proved that he could play, and it's kind of part of the DNA of the Green Bay Packers right now, and I don't necessarily always blame that on Aaron Rodgers. No, and I think okay. if you're looking for frustration and if you're looking for a reason why perhaps he might have an attitude, if that's the way you want to yeah. you know, frame yeah. that, it's the idea that I've taken your offense and given you the most you could possibly get out right. of this offense. Right. What I would like now is to have an offensive coach who can give everyone on this team the best of me, exactly. the most you can get you out go. of me. Hey, and go. maybe we'll see it this year. I don't know if that's the case. Right. But I think as a football fan, you want to see that combination and you want to see what possibly can happen. Uh, agreed. That That is exactly That's what I'm excited for as a fan. I hope Aaron Rodgers is excited for it. Hey, I hope Aaron Rodgers can read this article like Carson Wentz read articles about sure. him not being the best leader or teammate. I hope Aaron – and he made the adjustments and publicly acknowledged it. And then the head coach – Little different times in their careers. Different. You're right. Little, you're right. Yeah, I mean, but I hope Aaron Rodgers can at least take this with a grain of salt – or not a grain of salt, but at least take it in and maybe self-evaluate to a degree and go, you know what? There are things I could do differently. Let me be different from here on out. And yeah, I want to see this offense. Listen, you know, I've been doing podcasts for a while Mm -hmm. and let's just say I've had a hundred defensive players on my podcast. I always ask, and just like we did with Rashawn Gary, we asked him about who the best players are or anything like that. Well, I always ask who's the best quarterback you ever played against. And I'm just telling you 99 out of a hundred 
I haven't been able to get the question out of my mouth before they answer Aaron Rodgers. So the talent and the special it, talent is very special. It's the greatest of all time, in my opinion. And I think part of the reason this is such a big story is because everybody sees a great quarterback in Brady with six Super Bowls. And one of the biggest travesties in recent American sports would be if Aaron Rodgers retired at the age of 40 or 41 and only had only one had Super one. Bowl, right? All right. right. You've been doing podcasts a long time. Yeah, thanks. I've just started. You have How's my podcast IQ? I think you're – oh, damn, you're high. Is it, Way is it better there? than McCarthy's offensive All IQ. Right. Way higher. Nice. I'm good about myself. I'm glad I got dressed up for this one. <laughs> you look good, man. Well, thank you very yeah, much. No problem. All right. Oh, well, you mentioned Rashawn Garrett. Oh, yeah. All right. Right. Big and conversation with a guy who's about to get paid. About to get paid, right. I mean, could, I mean, he's making a lot more money than you and me. I know he's going to be. He'll yeah, be. no doubt. Yeah. All right, well, we got a chance to speak with Rashawn Gary yep. just a few moments ago as he prepares for the NFL draft. All right, we got a special guest today, Liam. I mean, a big-time baller. Uh, my second favorite edge guy in the draft. It's Nick Bosa. It's Rashawn Gary for my money, okay? And I'm, I'm not saying he can't pass up Nick Bosa sometime in the future. He's special. I mean, to be 200. You're going to want to keep that open because we got him I'm on gonna, the phone. He's anyway, on the phone. So, I want to yeah. make sure he knows I love him to make the interview better. <laughs> Added to the fact that, yes, he's a special specimen, but he's from New Jersey. Uh, and you know how special people are from New Jersey. You yeah, get to witness this greatness extremely on a special. daily yes. basis. Yeah. So, Rashawn Gary, thanks for coming on the Chris Sims Unbuttoned podcast. We appreciate it, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Um, okay, so I guess this is where I'd like to start because the last time I saw you, well, I saw you in person a little bit, Michigan-Notre Dame. Yep. I don't mean to bring up bad memories that day, but, of course, Notre Dame won that football game. I saw you play your last high school football game, and you were on the field, and sorry to bring up bad, more, more bad memories, but playing against Brandon Winbush and Minka Fitzpatrick, yes, Paramus Catholic, let me just start there. Did you, I mean, did you envision this being the case here four years later down the road where you're being talked about as a top five pick for the NFL draft? Uh, man, to be honest, man, it's just been a goal of mine. And I just kept my head down and, you know, just stayed grinding, uh, stayed to the plan. Um, You know, my plan going to Michigan uh, was to, you know, graduating on three-year, uh, graduating track, and um, I'm 20 credits behind that, and, um, you know, to be an academic All-American and show my times on the football field. So, you know, hard work and dedication, um, I knew that it could happen. It's just crazy that, you know, looking back at it and um, looking at it today, it's crazy that it's now it's here. Well, I think it's nice that Chris started off with uh, painful memories right off the bat. He throws you right to Notre Dame. He brings you right back to losing the final <laughs> game of high school. Let's talk about something a little more positive. you got three weeks to the draft. Yeah. How do you spend these three weeks? Uh, man, just going on uh, my 30 visits and, um, you know, working out, staying in shape and um, getting ready for OTAs and minicamp. That's been my main goal is working out, uh, you know, perfecting my game when it comes to, you know, the way I play the run, the way I play the pass, and, you know, just keep grinding all the way until, you know, three weeks until I hear my name get called. Yeah, okay, so this is you, – you probably heard me. First of all, I mean, you're impressive already. Talking about graduating in three years, you called promptly at 1245 yes. in the afternoon. Very unlike a defensive end slash defensive tackle to be that prompt. So I'm very impressed, okay? Uh, I just would like to say that. But – Regardless, okay? So this meeting's going well. Are you moving in past Nick Bosa at this point? Not, not quite yet, but it's close, okay? okay? Right. But it is going well. He's impressive. You know, where you're at in this process right now, okay? You're about to be rich as hell, okay? I want to know some of the goods here. 
What's the first thing Rashawn Gary is going to buy uh, when you get a little cash in the bank? Uh, man, uh, number one thing for me is, uh, you know, I got to find a place to live. And after that, you know, I need a chef. I got to make sure the way I'm eating, I have to maintain that and keep that up. So, you know, I love food and, you know, chef is high on the list outside of the house. Okay, so you get the house, you get the chef. When you're, Are you going to the draft? So people have the private draft party. Are you planning on going to the draft? No, I'm going to have a private uh, draft party with me and my family. Well, so, oh, well, so, all right, so good for you. You're not going to go to the green room and do all that. You kind of want to be in. You're going to be back in Jersey. Are you planning on being there? Oh, I'm going to have it in Michigan. Um, you know, my family's going to come. That's where I'm going to be, um, you know, after I'm done uh, with my top 30 visits. So it felt more, it has, like, more sense to have it in Michigan. How many people come to this party? I can't even tell you, man. <laughs> I can tell you it's going to be 30-plus. So, okay, you, you talked about the chef and doing that. Let, let me hear about some of your eating habits. Are you a picky eater? Do you eat whatever? Are you the type of guy that's got to watch the amount of calories or you'll get, you know, uh, too big for where you want to be athletically? Uh, give us some insight there. Yeah, um, you know, ever since I started training at uh, Michael Johnson Performance, uh, I changed the way I've been eating. Um, I'm a big salmon guy now, so I like fish, um, asparagus, broccoli. That's 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 why I like to eat Caesar salads. Uh, so sometimes it gets boring, so sometimes I mix it up between the two. But, you know, that's why I like to eat, and uh, it's been keeping me where I need to be. But, uh, you know, my body weighs my body weight. I'm between 275, 280. Always, it doesn't matter what I eat. Right. Okay. The NFL draft is yeah. such a massive event now. I mean, it, it's not just uh, – it's obviously not just one day, but it's, it's a show. It, it's an incredible event where they move it around the country, yet you've chosen not to attend, that you're going to have this private party at home. Why did you make that decision? Yeah, um, you know, uh, not, every, not everybody that helped me get to this, uh, you know, part of my life uh, could come to the draft. So, you know, I made it my decision to make sure everybody that had a, good, a big part in making me who I am today is going to be around for the biggest moment of my life. And uh, if I would have went to Nashville, I wasn't able to bring everybody. So I decided to have a little draft party for everybody. Yeah, that. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm with you there. I think that's the right play. Be with the people who care about you, who you love. Don't be stuck in some room with a bunch of strangers that you don't care about. Okay. Um, this is something that's kind of bothering me about you right now. And, and, and I mean this in a positive way. But you're, to me, one of the freakiest athletes in this draft. Uh, for some reason, you don't seem to get the notoriety as some of the other defensive linemen who are in the draft. For, for, for your two cents, why is it that maybe you're not being appreciated by the public uh, and maybe the media to, to the extent in which at least I think you should be? Um, you know, to be honest, man, when it comes to things like that, I don't pay attention to it. But, uh, you know, the main thing that's been popping up is the sack numbers. I ended my career with ten and a half sacks. And, um, you know, you have guys that, you know, has above that. But my thing is, you know, you could go back, you could watch the film, and you could see me play my type of ball. Um, you know, I'm able to get after the QB. I'm able to stop the run. So, yeah, I feel like everybody, you know, has a say, but they don't know football. So, I feel like people that know football know my worth and uh, know my capabilities. Yeah, well. 
I'm one of those people, and I, I, that's something that I've been fighting back against with the stupid narrative all the time about it's your. I mean, you kind of hit it. It's all I ever hear about you is, oh, look at his sack output, look at his production, and there's just more to the game. Have you found yourself having to defend yourself that way, even to NFL coaches or people you've had meetings with at the combine? Did they care, or did most of that that group of people understand what you what you are as a player? No, most of those people understand, uh, you know, me as a player. But, you know, it is the question, and they just want to know why. So, you know, sometimes I just answer it. But, you know, three years I was at Michigan, we was number one defense two years in a row. And uh, you don't have that people not playing their responsibilities and playing playing football. They're supposed to play football. So, you know, that's just how I answer that question. And um, at the end of the day, film going to speak for itself. Yeah, well, and the film does speak for itself. I, I to try to say that I'm, I'm maybe one of those smart people who understands the game, like, like you're saying, and it's not about production. It's about disruption, and you cause a lot of disruption. Now, the other thing I want to talk about, Michigan, okay? Um, you went to University of Michigan, famous school, awesome. We know all that. Your head coach is a psycho, okay? John, uh, Jim Harbaugh is a psycho. Now, what was it about him and his personality that brought you to Michigan that you wanted to be a part of that program? Because you could have gone anywhere you wanted in the whole country. And you seem relatively calm right now as we talk to you. You seem like a rational individual. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but, uh, you know, I was Jim Harbaugh's first recruiting class. Um, you know, just him, his resume, you know, coming from the NFL. So my goal was always to play in the NFL. So, you know, first step is being around a person that's, you know, that's been there and know what it takes to get there. And then also my defensive line coach, Greg Madison. Yeah. You know, he, he was a defensive coordinator for Ravens, Coach Ray Lewis, so he's been around great players, and he know how to coach great players to get to that level. And, you know, just being around those type of people and being around, you know, the 2016 uh, signing class that uh, Michigan brought in, it was a lot of great people that had the same goals in mind. And plus, you know, academics, um, you know, we're top ten in the nation, number one in the Big Ten, so it was the best of both worlds for me. All right. You've told them what you think about Jim yeah, Harbaugh. I'm right. curious, Rashawn, right. if you're introducing someone, a friend of yours or a family member, to Jim Harbaugh who has never interacted with Jim Harbaugh ever before, what are you telling them to expect? His passion. Uh, he's very passionate. Um, you know, he loves everything to be perfect. Um, and also, he's a different guy. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's great to uh, talk to, man. He's down to earth, and um, he has a plan for everything. You know, uh, this is something else that, and not a lot of people know this, Rashawn Gary's high school coach at Paramus Catholic, who I watched him, he went to Michigan to become, and correct me if I'm wrong, like he was in charge of recruiting. I know he's involved in coaching and all that. But how did that help you, one, maybe want to go to Michigan knowing your high school coach was going to be there, but also having a guy that you knew knew you as a person in the building uh, that you could go to with problems. Was that a benefit of having that while your while your time in Ann Arbor? Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, you know, Chris Partridge as my junior head coach, me and him going to bond, and um, you know, it's the type of bond where I could talk to him about anything if I'm having a bad day. You know, get me through problems. So, and uh, he, that's another guy that knows my goal and knows my vision for me. And um, we had that same vision in high school, and just you know, having him at Michigan, uh, it did feel good. It felt more at home. So, you know, going through practice and things like that, me and him would set up a goal list and uh, make sure every day by day I'm checking off them goals and making sure. I'm reaching my goal, so man, that meant a lot for uh, you know Chris Hart, 
Chris Rogers to be there with me. Yeah, I, and 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 you you guys pissed off a lot of people in New Jersey high school. This is something else I got to bring up <laughs> because I want a lot of people. When Chris Partridge, his head coach in high school, went to Paramus Catholic, he turned their program around and made them a big time football powerhouse. Jabril Peppers was on the team with Rashawn Gary, so that just says it all right there. But man, did high school people thought that he recruited Rashawn Gary to the school and pissed a lot of people off. I knew some coaches in the North Jersey area who were pissed off for Sean Gary, ended up changing and getting in the fray there. Uh, did, did you get some of that backlash when you were in high school, having to defend that all the time? Not at all, man. Uh, it was fun, man. That was the best move uh, that I did in my life was transferring and, um, you know, academically and uh, athletically. So, you know, just having fun. But, of course, you know, coming coming to the big north, you know, is a, it's big boy football, so, you know, me coming from there, I had to get used to it. But, you know, once I got into the groove, I started having fun with things. Well, Jersey guy, did you grow up a Giants fan? No, nah, just a lover of football, man. I can't complain. Uh, but my family, they equally split between the Jets and the Giants, so it depends on, you know, what day it is and who house you in. Did you have a player that you looked up to, a couple players maybe that you watched and said, this is the guy I want to be when yeah, I right. make it to the NFL? Yeah, uh, number one for me was Julius Peppers. Um, that's when I really started, you know, watching football and really started getting into it. Julius Peppers always popped out to me. And um, as of recently, Cam Jordan. So I like how both of them play the game and, um, you know, the attention that they bring to the field. Yeah, yeah well, you have a, a similar style to that uh, of both of those players. So I can understand you liking that. You know, when you when you talk about – and I always like to ask players like this, but – uh, you understand great athletes when you're on the field or being around them at Michigan. Who was the, the freakiest athlete you played against or maybe you played with them in your time in college football? Um, I want to say against would have to be Saquon Barkley. Okay. Um, my sophomore year, that was he's, he's a good guy, freaky athlete, and uh, you know another guy that I played with uh, would have to be Devin Bush. Uh, fastest linebacker I've seen sideline to sideline. Yeah, I mean, it, it's got to be a little bit of a point of pride right now that, you I mean, you, Devin Bush, are pretty much widely recognized as going to be top 15 picks. Uh, you stay in contact with him this time of the year? Are you training with him? Where's he at? Uh, you know, he's on his 30 visits, but, yeah, man, I keep in contact with him, um, you know, every day, um, you know, going through the process, seeing what he sees, and, um, you know, just chopping it up. That's my brother, man. We lived we lived together for two years at Michigan, and um, third year he was right across the uh, the lot from me when we had apartments, so, you know, he's always going to be around. That's my brother. What, what's your what's your visits, if you can share that with us? So what do you got lined up as far as the teams you're going to go see? Yeah, um, I just got back from seeing the Jaguars. Um I think the next visit, the next visit, is going to be uh, to the Raiders. I think, uh, and then I have to go to the Seattle Bengals. I got to go to the Bills, Detroit. I have, uh, I have a couple more teams too. You yep. sound like that's. I mean, this is a ton of travel. You're you're going to these visits. You're sitting down. Take us. You know, you go to dinner. Are you second guessing? Are you thinking about every little thing that you're doing? Oh, should I not order this? Should I order that? Are they going to judge me? What What is it like yeah. being at the table with these guys? Uh, it's a blessing, man. Um, you know, every time I have opportunity, you know, to sit down and uh, you know, have a team learn me from me and get to know me as a person, I get to know them. So, you know, it's a blessing to be in my position. Um, that's how I'm looking at it. But, you know, sometimes, you know, they take you out to a steakhouse. So sometimes it depends on 
what type of mood I'm in. Sometimes I might want a big stage. Sometimes, you know, I'm going to stay away from it and I get chicken or uh, I try to find fish. But, you know, it's, it's a fun experience and it's a blessing, man. Where, where, I mean, if any, do you have any feel as of right now? And you don't have to tell us a team, but, you know, is there a team you've got marked where you go, ooh, I think they like me better than the rest. I think there's a good chance I end up at this one spot. You got any feel for that yet? Not at all, man. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to say because, um, you know, you get an uh, interview, they ask you questions, and you're also getting a feel for them, and you're interviewing them too. Uh, so you're both getting a feel for each other. But, you know, throughout this process, you really don't know. So, you know, in a couple of weeks, uh, when I get that phone call, I'll probably be surprised on who, you know, decides to call my name. Yeah. Well, you talked about the freakiest athletes you played against in college, and you named – Obviously, Saquon Barkley, and then you play with Devin Bush. You get to the NFL. Give me the one quarterback that you cannot wait to sack. Man, if I get a chance, I got to sack another Michigan man, so I got to come for Tom Brady. (laughs) (laughs) I figured you'd say that. Are you going easy on him? You taking him down gently to the field? Or are you just laying them uh, out? 50, 50, 50, man. 50, 50, Michigan, <laughs> man. We play hard, so, you know, I'm going to let them know. I'm going to help them up, though, but I got to get back to, you know, getting after them the next couple of snaps. Yeah, did you get to spend any time with, with Brady when the times he's come to Michigan and visited the school at all? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't remember what game, but he ended up coming up and giving us a, pre, a pre-game speech, and that's probably one of the best speeches I heard. And he had me ready, pumped up to go. And, um, you know, he reminded us is how, how it's an honor to wear the wing coming and we wear it for the people who played before us, who paved the road for us. So that meant a lot. Yeah, all right. Well, hey, listen, I don't, we don't want to take too much of your time. Rashawn Gary, you the man. Best of luck in the draft. I hope you get everything you want. Keep fighting the good fight, man. Stay jersey strong and keep kicking ass, dude. Always. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. All right. Sean Gary's coming for Tom Brady. Boy, That's I mean, what we learned there. I like – I mean, it's really rare that a defensive lineman thinks about how hard they're going to hit a guy. But he said if it's 50-50, you might take care of him. Guy showed a little heart to the alumni right there. Um, do, you, do you have him – are you starting to inch him up past Nick Bosa now that you've had him on the podcast? No, and, 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 no, 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 I'm not going to do that. That's not going to happen. But okay. I don't understand – why he doesn't make more headlines. And I think, you know, we talked about it a little bit. The sack number it's thing. It's the numbers, yeah. Everybody's become obsessed with numbers. And it's just not all about numbers, everybody. I mean, if that were the case, damn, Ty Detmer should have been the number one pick in the draft. And same with Gino Toretta and sure. a bunch of other people who had a lot of numbers. A lot of Hawaii quarterbacks. Hu- yeah, right, yeah, yeah. right. It just uh, There's more to it, and it's how it translates to the NFL game. And I think, really, he's going to be one of those guys that's going to be better in the NFL than he was in college because I think teams are going to know how to use him yep. a little bit more specifically to his strengths. All right, we are going to talk about a little bit of numbers because we have to bring up Sims Madness. Final four weekend, but you have the NFL brackets, and we're going to, as voted on by the fans, we're going to take a look at the NFC first, and it's Saints-Eagles into the final four, and it was Saints 66% of the fans over the 49ers. Eagles-Rams, really tight. Tight one. 53% to 47%. You agreeing with the fans? I, I, I do agree with them. I mean, hey, the 49ers were kind of the upset team. The Bay Area must have been voting hard for the upset against the Bears. But, 
I, I mean, come on, Saints, Rams, Eagles, I think you and I would probably agree that sure. those are certainly three teams that are going to be in the mix. You know, the Eagles, Saints, I could see that being an NFC championship game. I mean, that was a great game in the divisional round this year. And really, the Eagles had a chance to win it uh, if Dalshon Jeffrey doesn't drop that pass. So we go to the AFC now, and all right, we got the- – Everyone, uh, everyone's high on the Browns. <laughs> Cleveland. All right, so you got Cleveland over the Pats, 55% to 45%. And then, wow, a blowout here. Chiefs over Chargers, despite the fact that there are massive questions with the Kansas City Chiefs. You obviously Definitely. don't have Kareem Hunt. You don't know right. if you're going to have Tyreek Hill. Yes. The defense is different. Yes, lost Justin does, Houston. Does lost different mean better? I, I, I mean, I, I, I don't I know. know. I certainly. And how Tyreek Hill and that situation plays out will be a long way uh, or will be, go a long way as far as how successful they are. I mean, that's maybe the most special combination in all of football right now. Okay, so I'm not. I'm surprised it was a little bit of a blowout there. Yes. I mean, the Chargers went one-on-one against them last year. But, okay, Eagles, Saints. Yep. Okay. Who would you have there? Uh I think right now I'd go Eagles. Oh, really? I think I would. Okay. I would. I feel like the Saints are going to be a, a hair of a letdown after two years of just crushing playoff losses to where they might not be the number one or number two seed this year. I think they're a playoff team, but maybe not a number I one I like or two. the Saints. You like the Saints? I like the Sean Payton swagger. Yeah, I get you. Talking about some of these young coaches. No doubt. Maybe, hey, I can't wait to play some of these guys. Right. Over the pressure that's going to be on Wentz. Uh, because it's going to be there. It's going to be immense. He's yes. going to be highly scrutinized throughout the entire season. So I like the Saints, and I like middle-aged quarterbacks right now. Yeah, uh, I'm going middle-aged quarterback <laughs> again, making it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, I mean, he's old as far as quarterbacks are concerned, but he's a middle-aged. Oh no, man. he's ancient as far as <laughs> middle-aged. He's young for me. But, yeah. uh, uh No, I, I, I like the Saints, but I, that's why I can go either way. We go to the uh, AFC. AFC. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I mean, Chiefs, Browns. I mean, we talked about the uncertainty. I know. With Kansas City. I know. I mean, I almost want to say like the 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 Chiefs. The Browns match up good Put with the, the Browns Chiefs on in. favor. I, I might actually. Right now, just offseason-wise, paper champs. We don't know what happened in the draft and some of the acquisitions they made and the coaching changes they made. I think I might be leaning more Browns right now. That's secondary in Kansas City versus those receivers and Baker yeah. Mayfield, that would scare me big time. So that's a very even matchup, really, as it stands right now. I'm going to jump on this whole Cleveland yeah. bandwagon. I'm swept up Dude. in it. I, I love I, obviously, you bring Beckham in with Landry, but you have Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Like the ultimate straw to stir that drink. And that's yeah. like a crazy cocktail of players that they have there. I think he is the right guy, the right personality to have a quarterback with that group. Oh, I'm all in. The belief in Cleveland's all, all in, as you can in. see I'm with the voting there. And the girl working our camera right here, Annie. Woman, young oh, lady. Yes, woman, sorry, young lady. I, did, I hope I wasn't we'll offensive to you, okay? Don't worry. Okay? But yeah, shake the camera up and down if you think that's right. You're all in on Cleveland, okay? Now, that wasn't a nod. You were supposed to nod with the jib, Annie. Come on. There we go. Thank you. No, it's hard to believe she didn't want to do exactly what you wanted her to do after you said the girl behind the camera. Gosh, I mean, <laughs> damn it. She is a girl. Uh, She's also a woman. I didn't mean to be It's been fun doing the Unbutton podcast with Chris Sims. <laughs> uh, might we'll be called be politically incorrect at the next, the next one. <laughs> okay, so... These are your brackets. Yeah. This is the last weekend that people get to bore us with their bracket oh. talk, which is great. You get yeah. to escape from that. Uh, you don't have to hear about brackets. So up next is they want to bore you with fantasy football? 
Yeah. Oh, come on. You must get that constantly. It's like the number one pet peeve in my life during the football season. It's constant. It's should I play this guy against this defense or this guy against that defense? And then you have to act like you're interested and give. A no, real a lot of no, the times I ignore these text messages on a Sunday morning, where, as you know, a lot of times we're working on yeah. Sundays, and I'm just like, no. First of all, the people that text me on Sunday about their fantasy teams, I want to be like. You haven't even asked me how I or my family is in seven months, but you have no problem texting me on Sunday afternoon asking about who you should play in your freaking fantasy football league. Yeah, it drives me crazy. All right, so I got that. I have a fantasy team, Disney Vacation. Right. Yep, going to tell me about the Fast Pass. Really interested in that. Uh, Your commute is up there with your bracket. Uh, I don't care that the train's quicker than your drive at this point. Yeah. Stop it. Enough. Why? Uh, why are you telling me? Because it's quicker. We go to work. Drive. Oh, it's exciting. Yeah. Oh, but they raised the price on the tickets. Did you know that? Oh, And then some gosh, guy put his feet right. on the seats and the other day. Is, I mean, there's a lot of people and here. And driving and gas is spewing into the air. So I don't know if I like that either. Yeah, so. exactly. You take the outside seat. Doesn't mean someone can't sit next to you. It's fun. <laughs> uh, I would also say shows you have to binge. Oh, you and gosh. I share none of the same sensibilities we don't like any of the same things in culture. No, you're but way more you in- have to binge this show because you're gonna love this thing that you and I somehow now share in common. Well, I think that's like you and me. You probably are like the guy that has shows that you've watched, and then you try to have these conversations with me at times. I've given up at this point. I'm I not going to tell you to I watch am, something. I know. I, I've tried to broaden your horizons. And you it's realize not gonna it's work. not going to happen. No, no exactly. I know. It's, it's I'm, kind of, I'm a meathead. Uh, it's official. <laughs> and I, Dude, I still can't even believe I don't have a bracket for college basketball this year. That's how like inundated I've been with the new job, football, the draft. Like I'm out of the loop right now. See, but that would be great because – you're so out of the loop. If you did fill out a bracket, then you could I hit me up with the, oh, I can't believe my bracket was busted. <laughs> when, a week ago, you knew nothing about college basketball. You didn't watch it. So why can you not believe that it was busted? You're guessing. You're throwing darts at the board. Valid, valid point. I, right. I have a cousin that's like that. He tells me about, oh, I can't believe blah, blah, blah. I got a, uh, upset. And I'm like, dude. You have no clue, and don't pretend that you were watching these games during the year. Is there anything that Florio wants to talk about that you have just oh! had enough? Is there anything, like, because you talk to him all the time. What? Thank you for reminding yes. me. That's I mean, here for. Florio obsessive about his dog, Macy. Holy <laughs> shit, shut the hell up with Macy. Detailed stories of the most adorable things that like, dog has done. Tells us how, how she's laying on that? the bed oh, and the positions he's in and sending me videos during, you know, his first few minutes home to show the dog's reaction to him and him laying on the ground and cuddling with the dog. <laughs> Holy crap, I'm so sick of hearing about it. <laughs> the PFT Twitter handle is like two years away from no football information and just dog pictures. Yeah, yeah, That's it, all it, it is. It's going to go that way it, more and more. It is. I would throw one honorable mention in there, and that is your child's athletic exploits when you and I barely know each other and I don't know your children. I just found out you had them. Right. And you're going to give me the detailed info of the six-year-old soccer game and how your kid's going to be a star. Yeah, well, I'm sure. I mean, uh, parenting for young childhood uh, athletes at this point is a little scary. Okay? Yeah. I, I mean, my little boy's involved in a lot of different things, and I'm always like, can we relax here? They're eight. Like, they're not going in the NFL draft this year. They're not going in the NBA draft. Let's just chill out and let them be kids and enjoy it. Now, I don't get that conversation a whole lot. 
I guess it's because of my family and my family history where nobody gets too braggadocious about my kid's going to be this or my kid's going to be that. I think I think my name, last name Sims scares them away from that. But hey, listen. Well, you have two professional Well, yeah, I get it, but that doesn't do mean more crap. More than two, obviously. And it doesn't even, yeah, yeah more yeah. than two. It doesn't mean my son's going to be worth a damn. I don't know. Maybe my son's going to get my wife's Sicilian jeans and be good at, you know, cooking dinner and not necessarily uh, being an athlete. I don't know that. We'll see where it goes, but either way, I want them to have fun and enjoy it. Exactly. Just remember, it's really important that you spend a half a million dollars on your kids' youth athletics so that they can get a <laughs> college scholarship <laughs> worth less than a half, half a million, million dollars. Yeah, you got to really touche. invest there. Okay, uh, big thing in the news this week uh, as we talk brackets, mm -hmm. college basketball. Yeah. Uh, John Calipari gets ostensibly a lifetime contract at Kentucky. I mean, he's said he's like not coaching till he dies yeah, right. out there on the right, court. Right. But they don't want him basically to coach anywhere else. Yeah. This should be his last job. I get it. All right, throw it out there. Anyone yeah. in the sports world, anyone in outside sports world that you think deserves a lifetime contract? Yeah, I got a few people. I mean, first of all, two coaches jump right out to bat. I mean, right out, right? Bill Belichick, Belichick, right? Okay, yep. come on. Nobody, yep. everybody. Nick Saban in Alabama. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of worthy of that at this point. So those are two right off the bat. Okay, then I would go after that other sports world. You know who's this is one we're missing? What's that? Baseball. Theo Epstein. Okay. Oh, Mr. Theo Epstein, you can run my team. You won a World Series in the 86-year drought of the Red Sox and then did it for the, the Cubs. The Cubs. Yep. Your you're, lifetime, wherever you want to go, you can be But you're be Yankees guy, so you wouldn't say Cashman? No, no I like Cashman a whole Ooh, lot. By the way. It's amazing GM. And has been there. For a long, long time. What seems like forever. I get you, yes. And his resume is pretty freaking good. So, yeah, you're right. For my Yankee love, I'm okay with Cashman being there forever, too. But Theo did, like, two landmark accomplishments. Breaking curses. Breaking yes. curses, right. And so, that's where I give him the edge. Who, who do you got in the sports world? Okay, sports world, I had uh, – well, I think a couple guys have virtual lifetime contracts to begin with. And yeah. I think uh, Izzo yeah, and Coach okay. K. For all intents and purposes, Are if they want to stay there, it, it's up to them. Exactly. I would okay. say sports broadcasting world. Right. Our own Doc Emmerich, who does hockey, uh, lifetime. Uh, I, I want to hear him describe chaos at the end of anything. It's amazing. More than I want to hear any other broadcaster describe anything. Outside of him... And these are kind of weird. I think Mike Francesa should have a lifetime contract. Oh, gosh. Because we're there. Blah. We're there already. We're already <laughs> we are, there. Unfortunately. Sorry, and, I just threw up in well, my mouth. Well, do you see him doing anything else in life? I want him there, unprepared, but steadfastly believing every word that he has to say and being totally dismissive of anyone that's done any research on the subject that he's talking about. I want that. It's it's performance art. It's part of our point. New York culture. And and that's right. Listen, like, and I, I don't want him to meet his demise, but right. I mean, I think he is a person who potentially should die while doing his job. And if he does it peacefully while sleeping, it'd be somewhat ironic because he's falling asleep on the air. Nobody before, might know. They, they might not know. Exactly. They might be like, "Hey, wake up, Mike! Yeah. Oh, wait, what's Mike's not moving? What's the deal here?" So I would say him, yeah. and I would say okay, Don Cherry, the hockey host. I don't know if you're familiar with Don Man, Cherry. You are kissing the ass of the hockey people. Well, but he's it's similar to <laughs> the Francesca situation. Situation where here's an older guy yeah. uh, who doesn't like new and fun things in sports, and right. I like Don Cherry. I know him, uh, but this is who he is. Yeah, it's not going to change. It's not going to get different as he gets older. Let it keep going. I like him. He's old man yells at cloud while dressed like what looks like a rainbow that's thrown up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I could. I can get behind that. All right. And I like him. I think yeah. it's funny. I All think of them are good yeah. except Francesca. All of them are good. I, I'm cool with that. Okay. LeBron. 
Nike contract, I think lifetime. Okay. I, and, and sort of like a Jordan said, deal. But... I think so. I mean, come on. I would argue LeBron is up in the conversation for the greatest role model of our lifetime as far as sports goes. Nobody's been afraid to tackle uh, some, some social issues in our country yep. more head-on than LeBron James. And I know some people might not agree with it, but literally the worst thing LeBron James has ever done in his career is the decision where he donated a million dollars to the Boys, the boys and Girls Club uh, that was the worst thing the guy's ever done. So he's pretty perfect as far as role models con concerned. My 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 woman Annie over here brought up Beyonce before. Be a better way to this. say that. Okay, and I'm like I'm with her on that one. Beyonce's yeah. pretty foolproof. Yeah, and I think that's one of the fields. Though. I think musician is one of those fields where you basically can do it for as long as people are buying tickets. Yes, and there's nostalgia, even if. You know, your skills are eroding a little bit as you sure, get older. Right. People still want to see you. Yeah. They want to see you play the hits, sing your songs. So She's, as long as you want to do it, you get to do I, it. You're but right. you have to be at that level. You have to be at that level. And, and you can't have a drug problem that's going to ruin your career. And she yeah, doesn't seem to have that. No. no that's, so that's, no, but you that's have, a big positive. And we're seeing that because Springsteen's still a guy who people are going out. Yeah. And, going like, to some, Billy tickets. Joel was doing yep. the Madison Square Garden forever. And then here's a personal favorite, another female singer, okay? Lana Del Rey. I mean, wow. oh, man, do I love me some Lana Del Rey. She could serenade me for as long as she likes. Her <laughs> voice is like gold. I, I, am a, I have a crush. I have a crush on Lana Del Rey. So she would be someone that I would sign up for a lifetime contract. I didn't contract. expect that. I know you didn't. This podcast, I, I, I like that we had a podcast segment that somehow managed to combine Mike Francesa and Lana Del Rey. <laughs> it's, the, it's only the only one out there. out there. Really, we found it. the niche audience that we were striving <laughs> to get. Yes, Brooklyn hipsters and <laughs> dumb tri-state area meatheads <laughs> yeah, that exactly. listen to the radio. We got them all. I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> all right, not bad. So we are now at the point where we look ahead. We have the weekend, weekend plans, what you're watching. Uh, you want me to start this yeah, off? Yeah, go ahead. You okay, well, off. first off, you have the end of the NBA and the NHL season. Yeah, right. Uh, okay, you have a little jockeying for position yeah, here and there, right. but you also have teams that are just trying to get in. I think for the NBA, to me, it's a lot less drama because if you're one of those teams competing for one of the final spots, guess what? You're not winning the NBA title. Probably not. Okay. In the NHL, you have a chance. Yeah. Eight seeds go to the Stanley Cup final. Eight seeds win the Stanley right. Cup. Uh, I don't want OKC to be – I'm going to be watching this. I don't want them to be the eighth seed in the West with Westbrook. No. Uh, because then, of course, they're going to have to play Golden State in the first round, and I don't want to see them get knocked out of the playoffs yeah. in the first round. So I'm hoping they can sneak up to seven, and I can't remember. I think it's San Antonio. Put them at eight. Okay. That's and then I guess they play Denver. I'm cutting – yeah, then they would play Denver, right, which I don't know how that will work out because I haven't seen Denver a whole lot, but obviously they're good. Okay, but you don't want to see that matchup. I don't. You don't see I'm going to have my eye right on away. that a little okay. bit, certainly. All right, NHL, uh, the Flyers are not going to make the playoffs, but they play their final game on Saturday. Uh, are you familiar with Gritty? Yeah. The, the, this will be the end of his rookie season. I'm looking forward to this. the greatest rookie season in mascot history easily. Do you know what Gritty looks like? No, I don't know if I do. Oh, Gritty's fantastic. We'll have really? to post, put a picture up. Gritty, okay. Gritty is, and the, you know, amazingly, he looks very much like a player on the team. Yeah. There's a player on the team named Jake, named Jake Voracek. Right. Gritty looks like... If you took Jake Voracek, turned him into a Muppet, and then turned that Muppet into a nightmare. Huh. And that's what Gritty looks like. Okay, you got and me fascinated. I got to look at this Gritty person Yeah, up. it kind of distracts people it's from the fact mascot. that the Flyers didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, okay, good job. Uh, I would also say that I'm looking at, I'm going to say Killing Eve, the show. 
which you're not going to watch, and I'm not going to recommend that you watch because okay, I think it's a great show. Doesn't mean that you should think it's a great Killing show. Killing Eve. Killing Eve. AMC. It is fantastic. I have a dark comedy, but I binge watched the whole first season. Now it's half an hour. I don't want to wait week to week, so I'll probably just wait until it all comes all comes so you can binge again. Yeah, and then so that's the kind of and then I'll talk you are. to other people who may like Killing Eve because you won't. Right. And you're not going to watch it anyway. No. Yeah. You have me semi-intrigued, though, right now. It's a cool name, Killing Eve. I might have to check it out. Give it a shot. Okay. All right, now I'm telling you to do it. Yeah. I feel like I'm giving you homework. No, don't worry. i got to start watching some shows and uh, expanding my horizons either way because I'm just – I'm all sports. Even with the NBA, I'm sitting there going, huh, I can't believe – Half hour. Right. Half hour shows. Yep. Okay. So, all right. I'll, maybe. Can I you we'll see. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. I don't yeah. know about that. But the other thing with the NBA, just the last thing, because we're done and this podcast is out of here. Yeah. It's like the first time in like over a decade that we're not going to be talking about LeBron James. I know. And the possibility of going to the NBA Finals. It's like a, you know, again, eight, eight straight career, or NBA Finals in a row. That is like off the charts. One of the greatest accomplishments I can think of in sports history. But, you know, even those years before that where they weren't making it in and then they did make it in 2007, I mean, they was always in the conversation for the guy that could get his team to the finals and do that. So it's going to be kind of weird. Not no having playoff there this mode year. LeBron. I know, right? Where I don't know. It's going to take me some getting used to. And, and not only carries his team to winning games, but winning series that maybe they have no, no business. No business yeah, winning. Right. That's going to stink. Yeah, it is going to stink. All right, kind of a yeah. downer to I know. Though. Sorry. That's that's right. Yeah, but that's how we're ending it. Deal with it. Oh, also, Nathan Zeno. Uh, it's his bar mitzvah this weekend. I'm not going to go because I'm working Saturday night. Yep. Nathan Zeno. Right. Congratulations. Congratulations. Mazel tov. Happy bar mitzvah, Nathan Zeno. You're a Zeno. man now. Go get a job. Officially, because Liam brought you up on a podcast, so you're a man now. <laughs> Peace out, homies. Thanks for always joining us. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Chris Sims Unbuttoned. Remember, at CSimsQB on Twitter, at Sims Unbuttoned on Instagram. My man Liam, always great having you here. Thanks for joining the squad and running the show a little bit. I'm not too good of a driver, so I need you here at times hey. to navigate through uh, the show. Thanks the for man. having me on. I'm you glad I dressed up for the occasion. You, you look sexy and stylish, as always. Time. Yeah, please do. Your wife of Liam, uh, his feet are going to smell tonight. Peace out, homies. Have a good weekend. Have a good one. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.